You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. The delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, wow. he is out, the buck goes win. That ball's in well to left center field, back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go Bucks! Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Starbucks. I, of course, am your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me today, Jim Northside Notch. What's up, buddy? Good morning. Happy Wednesday. I think this is our last Starbucks before there are actual spring training games. Is that correct? You are correct. That's this Sunday, right? The first one. Yeah, that's pretty so, exciting. How about that? How about that apple, yeah. Jim? <laughs> that's pretty exciting. That's something. It's it's definitely something to look forward to. You know. Yeah. Especially in these times, days of Pirates fans, you know, it's a little thing. So just spring training in general, that's exciting. And I mean, I'm excited. Yes, baseball is back. I know everyone's now in camp. I mean, that's something to kind of be excited about. Um, there isn't as much video going around these days, Jim. So that's a little disappointing. But just knowing baseball's back and seeing, I mean, the Pirates put out some really good videos. So that's always fun, too, but. It's not the same. Yeah, they've done a they're they're they've done a good job with the social media so far. So it's uh it's been good. There you go. Kudos to the pirate social media and the video productions crew and everyone else involved. They're also buying into the Quinn Priester hype. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Wow. I, I feel like we have to talk about this every single week because the hype of the Quinn Priester talk never ceases to have a ceiling. You know, it's like in the next week, it's it's even higher. And we've been talking about the hype now for a little bit since, you know, the uh, the new top 100s came out. And who was it first to have him jump? Who was the first? Was it Fangraphs? No, Fangraphs is later. Um, I mean, I think it was baseball America first. Yeah, they, they may have. Yeah, because they were the first ones who came out, yes. and I think Baseball America was the one who said because it was Jim Callis or who was it? So, someone was like, "He's he's going to be the number one pitching prospect next year." I think thing. it was. Like, you wouldn't be surprised. So I, I think it might have been Callis because I think he was on TV even as well saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. So on MLB Network. Um, Maybe it's a podcast. I forget. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it was that was like the first I feel of like the real hype this year of Quinn Priester. And then it just seems like I said, every single week it just gets higher and higher. And now that, you know, the camp started and media members are around, it's 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 even greater. I mean, Quinn Priester is gonna be better than Garrett Cole one day, it seems. <laughs> at, at the rate sort of... at the rate his, you know, <laughs> stock's going. Verbally at, at least. The ra- <laughs> right, right. At the at the rate it's going, he uh yeah, it's it, it's gonna. That's that's honestly the most exciting part of this coming season is just being able to have minor league baseball again, yes. so that we can, because like the whole point of a rebuild, right, is to acquire all this young talent, and so the, we finally have acquired quite a bit of young talent, and but we didn't get to see any of it last year. Like, didn't get to see any of it, and so now we finally get to see it. Um, that's. Yeah, it's getting pretty exciting. So. You're right. I mean, not you know, not just the talent that we acquired last year, not some of the people like Quinn Priest, not some of the guys that you know were drafted to see another year of baseball, but even like the guys that were traded for this year. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's. I guess depending on what spectrum you are, I mean, there's a lot of power fans who are disappointed that you know guys like Joe Musgrove are traded and James and Tyone. That's clearly the correct direction to go, but it's like you know when you're getting all that prospect capital in return you didn't see these guys play last year so it kind of lessens the excitement a bit just because obviously we don't know we don't know who these guys are yet uh, which could be a good thing right maybe 
we stole some players away because they're actually better than what we expect. Um, but regardless, you can say we couldn't see them. So yeah, it is nice now to, I mean, have a whole wealth of new talent in this, you know, farm system to see them all play this year. Definitely is going to be really exciting. For sure. Looking forward to it. Um, so maybe we'll transition from there. Uh, Cause as you mentioned, you know, a lot of new talents coming in and such, you know, Ben Charrington did have a little bit of conversation with Jason Mackey. Some things he talked about is, you know, they model after other clubs in this rebuild. They're basically broken down to three steps. So the three steps they're doing is talent accumulation, developing that talent, and then adding to that talent base through trades and free agency, which that's what I think most people are skeptical on. But regardless, um, what he does say is they're not done with step one goes yet as far as talent um, accumulation. So we're not done yet, Jim. There's still moves to be made as far as Ben Charrington goes. Well, I think um, I think we're pretty much near the end of any sort of acquisition of talent through trade. And, and simply the reason is just because we don't really have any assets left. I mean, you can think Adam Frazier is probably that one guy remaining that mm-hmm. teams, you know, are, are, are you know, would view as an asset. I know you're super high on Chad Cool, and you think Chad Cool could be traded. Okay, fine, he could be too. But yeah. stop it, Jim. Stop it. <laughs> I will not take this slander on here. We'll get for me or Chad Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much. Um, I don't know how much talent you can acquire by giving up a, a fringe fifth starter like Cool and or Stephen Pralt. So, um, how dare you? <laughs> How dare you, Jim? <laughs> but um, no, no, I think, I, but I think the draft coming up obviously is going to be another big way. I mean, we get pick one, round one. That means we get to pick whoever we want right. to add into this system. So the choice is Ben's. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, I, obviously. It's not as if this club was flush with talent to trade away to begin with. That's why they finished in last place last year. So, you know, you're, you're right. You're you're down to, like, the scraps right now. You said Adam Frazier, Chad Cole, Stephen Brault. Uh, I think, like, Rich Rodriguez is another one that, you know, would definitely could be dealt. But, right, I mean, any one of those players, at least at this point today, you're not getting a whole lot in return for. So, I mean, there's still, you know, acquisitions to be made. There's still prospects to be had in return but right i don't think it's going to be on the level that we've seen so far that's fair okay that's fair oh god (laughs) well i got the this gym stamp of fairness so that's good Yeah. yeah yeah um but right i mean so i guess also in those terms i mean that that probably still i mean we're still looking at a few years away you know uh, for the people that are getting excited, maybe that we're going to be, you know, when's this turnaround going to be good? Uh, I don't know if I can put a timestamp on it quite yet. And again, a lot of that too is just because of last season last year. I'm not sure where all these prospects really are yet. This year is going to make a, a big difference. And I think clearly put us like maybe how far away we are. But I mean, I'm still thinking like 2024 is probably like a realistic time frame when this club is ready to start their, you know, competing maybe. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think, I think you could see, you know, if we're we're comparing this to like the 2012, 2013 rebuild, you know, I I think 2023 could shape up to be like a 20, 2012 where, Mm -hmm. you know, the team's competitive, but they just don't have enough. Right. But then, then I could see 2024 being, being the year where they, where they really arrive. That would be obviously an ideal situation if everything goes correct. And that makes sense. And, uh, and like you're mm-hmm. saying, I mean, 2012 was is still exciting. You know, I think 2023 could mm-hmm. be exciting in that sense because it's like, well, we're finally respectable again. It's fun to watch. It's not all losing. I know there's not, you know, a 20-year losing streak to be broken or whatever. But, um, you know, at, at least we'll be, you know, the Pirates will be able to be watchable, respectable, fun, you know, at least give you some hope. And then, right, I, I believe probably about 2024 is when they could be for real. Um, I guess the other thing that they have going for them, we've talked, I mean, around the NL Central, 
it it doesn't look good like for a lot of teams. I mean, you look at the Cubs. Mm. I, mm. I know they were really good, but right now, I mean, they they still have a chance to win the division because the division's so terrible. But next year, I mean, how many free agents are going to lose? Chris Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, possibly. You look at the farm; there's nothing there. You know, are the Cubs going to be really competing in 2024? I doubt it, to be honest. I really doubt it. If you mm-hmm. look at Cincinnati, I still kind of lost in what they're doing. I don't know what their future really holds, you know, and, and like Milwaukee, kind of the same. You know, it, it feels to me as if like the the Cardinals will still be there, of course, somehow or another. But like for the other three clubs, I'm not quite sure what their future for 2024 looks like or 2023. So I think, again, like that gives the Pirates a little bit of a boost, potentially. Um, maybe something's actually going to work in their favor for once. No, yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, if you've looked at the, the you know, the, the farm system rankings that have come out, it, it's pretty clear that, you know, the Pirates have the best system in, in the Central. Um, you know, it's pretty much, of a, that's pretty much a consensus. Um, right, and then, right. you know, the other teams really aren't there or close to them. Um, again, I think the Cardinals are just kind of always going to be there. That's just their mo. I, and you I know when they're think, just gifted yeah. Nolan Arenados, it's, it makes it quite easy for them to do so. <laughs> yeah, and, and and they have a pretty healthy crop of you know prospects coming up to. They're just they're just a really good team, and they they know how to develop their guys. So um, I, I hate them, but you know I got to <laughs> they're 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 a well run organization. Um, the Cubs kind of do the Cubs are weird because like they're a large market team, but I feel like they, they act a lot like a small market team where they'll go through these phases where they're, you know, they, they operate in windows. They, 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 um, they've kind of fluctuated a lot over the last decade or so, um, you know, decade plus. So the, the Cubs are a team that definitely are trending downward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Reds are, you know, the Reds are aging. I think the Reds are still going to be pretty decent for like the next year or two, but they're aging. And I mean, once Votto's gone, I don't know what that team is really going to look like. Did they then start a new, a whole new rebuild process? Um, the Brewers are a team where, <clears throat> you know, they've got enough talent and, and that they could, I could see them kind of sustaining it for a little bit. Um, so I think the, you know, the Brewers and the Cardinals are probably the two teams to watch out for, you know, when the Pirates are hopefully ready to click. So 2014, 15 all over again, right? Basically. (laughs) Um, I mean, those were fun times. I, I, I don't foresee the NL central being as tough from top to bottom when the Pirates are ready to compete again, like it was back then. And and, I mean, Mm -hmm. solely just in the Pirates scope. That sucked because the Pirates had some really good teams, and yet they never finished in first place. Right. But throw that aside, as just baseball goes, and you know, just watching is like a, a total fan standpoint. Good baseball; those are some fun times because that NL Central was really, really good. You know, every game was almost really, really good and meaningful to an extent. So, um, yeah, I, I don't foresee the NL Central being that again. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I guess again, like for the Pirates' sake and such. I feel it'll be a little bit weaker this time around, um, and for the benefit. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, I agree. So, not the best transition, but <laughs> moving on <laughs> to another thing here, uh, we we wanted to talk about some service time inflation because something. Uh, I want to say, of, oh, go ahead. Speaking of the Cubs, <laughs> speaking of the Cubs. <laughs> no, I was going to say, yeah, yeah like. I, I want to say something crazy happened in baseball this week, but then again, I thought about it, and you know what? It's it's baseball. This isn't crazy. I mean, I, I feel like there's so much tone-deaf people among baseball, which is why baseball is what it is, that a CEO of a baseball team saying these crazy things isn't so crazy anymore. So I don't know. Do you want to take this over, Jim? I think, you have a, I think you're a little more passionate about this right now than I am, so... Yeah, so so service time manipulation is obviously, and just to kind of briefly explain service time manipulation to those who don't know what we're talking about, but in baseball, 
there, there are 187 days in a major league season. One year of service time means if you play 170, if you're in the on the major league roster for 172 days, you get credit for being on the major league roster for the entire year, right? Right. Um, that's that's kind of how how it works. So as long as you're on the team for 92 percent of the year, you were there for the whole quote unquote year, and you get credit for that towards your service time. And then once you hit six years of service time, you are now eligible for free agency. Once you hit three years of service time, you're eligible for arbitration. And then there's some people who can hit arbitration after two years. You know, if you've got two years and say, you know, a lot of days, if you're really close to that three-year number, you can qualify for arbitration too. So brief explanation there. Um, So what happens uh, if you only hit 91% of the season though, Jim? If you only hit 91% of the season, it's nothing. I, you, you, you've only played 91% of the season. So, um, say so after five when a player years like Chris and 91% of the season. Yeah. So when a player like Chris Bryant has kept out eight games, <laughs> eight games, um, he doesn't gain a full year of service time. So, um, and this is something where like, we all knew, we all knew these things happened. Right. Um, I mean, you look at Chris Bryant, you look at who's another, just kind of a recent example here. Um, I mean, I want to say Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Having with yeah. him last in 2019. Right. Um, he had to work on some things. I, yeah. He had to work on some things for like a week. Basically anytime <laughs> you read an article of a, of a minor leaguer that has to work on some things in April, that's service time you yeah. manipulation. <laughs> Literally. Right. Right. So, so you've got, yeah. Any, any of these players who get called up like on April 15th, right. <laughs> right. Um, they, they needed two weeks to basically, you know, see minor league pitching before they're quote unquote ready. Right. That's service time manipulation, right? Those players were ready opening day. It's just, you'd want to pay them for a full year. Um, so like I said, th- this is something that has happened for really as long as the arbitration system has existed, teams have been doing this. Um, the pirates do service time manipulation a little bit differently, whereas they just usually wait till June, which is that, typically that cutoff time period um, to when a player would reach arbitration a year earlier. Right. right? So that's, that's typically what we we've seen the pirates do in the past. Um but uh, no, we all knew this happened, right? It was—it's a problem. It's definitely a issue that the union has um, because basically, it's the teams coming out and saying, "Hey, y- even though you're good enough to play Major League Baseball, we're not going to put you on our Major League Baseball team just because we don't want to pay you." <laughs> and that's and that's that's essentially what they're saying. Yeah, you no, know, we we get to um, keep you for an extra year. <laughs> We get to keep yep. you for you know less money, um, because as you mentioned, the, the arbitration years, especially like for the Pirates, right? They they're going to have three years of the league minimum instead of going to arbitration the first, you know, the second and the third year, I should say. So, right, I mean, mm-hmm. cost effectiveness. We get to keep you as long as we possibly can. And you're right; it's just something where you can't prove it, you know. But you know, it just mm-hmm. happens because why does every top player have to? begin in the minors and come out on the magical date, like you said, like around April 15th or the middle of June because of the, the ARP stuff it happens all the time, yeah. all the time, yeah. but no one says it until now. Yeah. So listen, we knew it happened, right? But now <laughs> all out of the blue, um, yeah, all of a sudden Kevin is it Kevin Mather. Yes. Kevin Mather president of the Seattle Mariners um, just comes up right out and just says it <laughs> like just, just admits he says last, last year, you know, if, if we would have had 15 people get hurt, there would have been no chance we would have called up a prospect because we weren't going to start, start their clock. Um, he goes out to say too, you know, the, the Mariners, I don't know if you're aware of their system, but they have an outfield prospect, Jared Kalenic. He's very, very good. Um, he comes out and says, Jared Klenick's going to be our left fielder. 
he'll be he'll be up in April. <laughs> yeah, not not going to be on the opening day roster, but he'll be up in April. He's going to need you know a couple weeks to to get ready. So he it, it's just like. I mean, come on. I, yeah, I don't know and, what and, he was and thinking. Julio like, Rodriguez, but, basically, he'll mm-hmm. not see a day this year. You know, he'll be up no. in 2021. Um, right. I just, I, I, both it's, these, it's, you talk about a clinic, like both those guys, they have a really good one-two punch as far as their outfield prospects go. Um, yeah. Tremendous talent there. And, and right, like the things that he's saying is all the stuff that you're not <laughs> supposed to say. It's stuff that we know, mm-hmm. but it's the things that you don't say. And now that it's been said and it's out there, again, maybe to pivot this a little bit away from the actual situation that's going on right now. But, I mean, again, look, we are in the last year of the CBA. If there's not enough tension between owners and players right now, it now it's out there. It's said. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about all the leverage and the power that the players have. We've been fearing that, about this new CBA coming up and if there'll be a season next year because of a possible lockout. And I mean, this is not what all the other owners and executives wanted to hear and see right now from someone from Seattle. <laughs> this yeah. this this is terrible. I mean, again, <laughs> we knew this stuff happens, but now that it's said and right. it's verbal, it's terrible because now it just makes the situation even worse. No, that, I mean that's exactly correct. It's just it's one of those things where um, I said we knew it happened, but now that you actually have the president of a major league baseball team just straight up coming out and saying it, um, not making the union happy, obviously. I mean, they may actually be a little happy because they knew it was happening anyways, but now they can actually use this to kind of prove it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be an ugly, ugly CBA because the, the owners have, the, the the ownership side of baseball has just fumbled so many decisions. And so now the players have all this stuff that they can use. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think the owners are necessarily wanting to give up any of these things. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's something where it's a problem. Like if someone's good enough to play baseball, right. Um, on the major league team, they should be on the major league team, right. You're and, and, and you can even, a little, little mini Twitter rant yesterday I'll refer to by Pat Lackey. You know, he even mentioned, you know, not only is it anti-player, right? It's, it's clearly anti-player. I mean, you're, you're by doing this, you're forcing a player to, you know, play one more year before they hit free agency, right? Before they, they can cash in on a big payday. Uh-huh. But the other thing too, like it's, it's, it's anti-fan, right? If you're a fan of the team, you expect, that you know when you go to, to a baseball game that you're going to watch the you know the best team out that, that your team can put on the field right you're, you want your team to play the players who are the most talented you're you're paying for that right um and by doing this you're you know you're you're not allowing your fans to even see the best talent i mean fans want to go out there and they want to see people like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You know, on opening sure, day, of course. Um, you know, they they want to they want to see Fernando Tatis Jr. on opening day, and credit to the Padres, Which, right? Yes. All this was kind of so like 2019. That was two stories, right? You had Tatis and you had Vlad. Blue Jays held Vlad back. Padres Tatis was on the opening day roster. Yep. So I mean, it's there. There are some teams that that do disregard it, right? Um. And I said, I think we can kind of agree that the Padres have have operated you know, in a in a operated in good faith, really, for the last few years. I mean, I feel like they've been they've been excellent. Um, the the Blue Jays, though, like I said, keeping Vlad down for for two weeks. What was the point of that? Right, and, and just to add something here too. I mean, <clears throat> the the Blue Jays like a good example. You know, I don't know if many people felt they were truly ready at that point in time, but they were close. And it's baseball, and anything can happen, right? So part of it is like if you're right there and you're trying to get in, you're like on the outside looking in, you probably want to put all your chips in to to make sure you get to the playoffs, right? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Vlad didn't have the season that many people were expecting, especially if you're drafting with fantasy. But but like what if, you know, they missed the playoffs for one game, you know, and, and having Vlad in the lineup for those few games like could have helped you know like i mean that's that's where it can kind of burn you but something i do want to say and this isn't like i'm being the ownership sympathizer here 
But <clears throat> take all things out. There's nothing that's that truly says like this can't be done. Mm-hmm. Like there's no rule really against what they're they're doing here. Um, and to be honest, like if you're looking again, take all the personal stuff out, take all the fan stuff out. If you're looking at this like as an owner, I mean this this is really like the smart thing to do in a sense. I mean, again, right? I take all this stuff out of here. Just think about if yeah. it, if there weren't people and and real life situations and it was like a game you're playing, you would do the same thing, you know, when you turn your PlayStation on because it's like, wow, if I get this, this character for an extra year, I'm going to do that, you know? So it's like, I get what the owners and such is doing. It does make a lot of sense. And, and essentially too, like it's not truly against the rules, but it ain't right. <laughs> and, and right. So right. now when you put all right. that stuff in, you know, like, no, it's not right. I mean, you're really, you're messing with, regardless of how you feel about them, they're millionaires or whatever, you know, like you're, you're dealing and you're messing with people's lives, their careers. And this, and the way they're seeing MLB go right now, you know, being a 30 year old back in the, you know, the nineties and even the early two thousand and such getting a big major league contract, wasn't a big deal, but now you're seeing that the age is, is dropping lower and lower and, and teams don't want the old guys anymore. So it's like, you know, when these guys, have to work that extra year and now they're hitting free agency. They're not they're not seeing that big payday as they maybe once were or such because now they're they're old. They're they're too old. I'll you know, maybe I'll get a two or three year deal or American, you know, year to year and such. So so right, I mean you're you're really messing with the players here and they're not responding to it very well. No, I mean I, again, I mean if if you were if this was like a how how your job was right and and your job got to control your pay for a certain amount of time and you know they they told you one year hey you know what why don't you just stay home like these next two weeks and that made you have to work like a whole other year right (laughs) i mean so like something like like imagine this was you working and like working at just a regular and a regular job. And they're like, you know what? After three years, you're going to get this big, huge raise. But then they were like, one of those three years, they were like, you know what? Just stay home two weeks. We're going to let you hit that three years next year. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not a three-year that, contract, but they yeah, forced you. Yeah. They're like, well, your start date's actually be two weeks from now. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm sorry. That means you have to work another a fourth year then. Same, same so yeah, so day. I mean, just just imagine how livid you would be if this this kind of stuff happened like in the the real world, right? Um, but but no, and to your point, there's no rule against this. There's and, and from a, from an ownership and management standpoint, it's smart. I mean, you can bet that when I play out of the park baseball on my computer i'm doing all these things right like, that's a that's I, a better example i was getting i was thinking about yeah out of the park I mean, so, so right like when i when i have just a stud prospect who's clearly ready opening day like i i keep him down for two weeks worth of simulations if, <laughs> if it's someone who's knocking on the door in the middle of the season i'll call him up the second week of june like that's just that that's how i do it because I know that, you know, three years from now, I don't want this. I don't want this guy to be a super two. I, I want if six years from now. I want to be able to keep this guy a seventh year. So, I mean, it's, it's how I, it's how I run my out of the park team. Um, Jim, you're I guess evil. That makes me, how dare you me an, have comments on me, this? That makes me an evil out of the park owner. You're all no better people, than Kevin, Jim. All those fake people. I'm just ruining, ruining their livelihoods. But, um, yeah, no, I mean that's that's pretty much it, and I, I don't really know, I don't really know how to fix it, right? So we can kind of talk about the problem, and then we can kind of talk about, hey, how do you fix it, right? Mm-hmm. And like at one point, I was like, you know what? What if you just made it where, you know, if you're on the major league roster for a day, that's a season, right? I think what that would do is like all those people, especially, especially like those June call-ups, you'd probably start seeing them more in April, May. Right. Um, all those players that get held. So so that's the other thing. Like, (laughs) do you not see them at all? Do you, do they get held back an entire year? Do you maybe call them up a little bit earlier? So I'm not sure how that particular tweak, you know, would, um, right. Would change things. 
I think and it I'm does. It makes really... it an all or nothing thing. It's either here, they're in yeah. April, like it's opening day, because no one's set up to hold them back, or just yeah. not at all. So it's like if it was the 2012 Pirates, let's go back. Like, yeah. are you calling up a top prospect in April that year? Or are you just saying, let's just wait till 2013? Yeah. I, I Again, I'm not really sure what the best way to do it is. I, I, maybe. Maybe there's like a healthy ground where you can. I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, like super two eligibility. Maybe that's a thing that that looks into and sees. And maybe maybe that gets tweaked a little bit. But yeah, I, I don't really know the way to fix it. I, just, I mean, there's there's been some options thrown out there, and I don't really know what the best way to do it would be. I think no matter what you changed it to, there would just be a new way to manipulate that system. I mean, potentially, yeah. And, and that's that's why baseball is a little bit different. And like I said, ex- economically, the structure of it is just so weird and, and so terrible in my mindset, you know, for the players. Because it, it comes down like the instant gratification aspect. You know, like when you're drafted in the NBA, you see the guy play. When you're drafted in NFL, mm-hmm. you see the guy play, right? When you're drafted in the MLB, you don't see him for maybe – two, three, four, five, six years, right? So at that point in time, you know, you give this big contract, you know, when Joe Burrow's drafted this year, he's going to have a big contract and he's going to be the guy, like the man. Wait, Joe Burrow. He was already drafted. Never mind. Who am I thinking of? (laughs) Who's going to the Jags this year Um, from Clemson? God, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence. So when Trevor Trevor Lawrence is drafted this year, right? Like he's going to be the man. He's going to be paid. It's the face of the, the Jags franchise, right? Mm-hmm. But like in baseball, it doesn't happen. And and in baseball, like that man, that stud that was just drafted number one overall, right? Like potentially Kumar Rocker or John Leiter or others, potentially. They're drafted by the Pirates this year. Like, they'll get a nice bonus. They'll get like $8 million, right? And they sit in the minors. And then when they're on the Pirates, they're going to get like $600,000. That's like to me, like that's just so crazy. These guys, mm-hmm. like, it's, it comes down to just a bonus. Like, you don't get paid until you really start hitting, like, your your mid to late 20s. And right. so, like, to me, I'm with you, too. Like, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know the perfect plan. It's definitely weird and tricky because of the way baseball operates and such. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just feel this has to be shorter, too. You know, maybe less RBers or, or maybe, every, like, there's no minimum contract. Maybe everything is an ARB. Because it just seems crazy to me that, like, for three years, you can get paid $500,000. And, and like, think about, it. like, Mike, Mike Trout could essentially been paid, you know, like $1.8 million for three years of his production of giving, like, almost 30 war in that time. Right. That's, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, Mitch puts here. Well, if there's no yeah. rookie contract, it's arbitration every year. Like, I, I'm I'm down for that. Like, yeah. arbitration still isn't really your worth, but at least mm-hmm. it puts a dollar amount to like your production in some sense, even though it's still structured based and there's still limitations. Right? It's not like free agency. At least you're getting paid closer to what you're providing. Like Mike Trout being paid the same. No disrespect. <clears throat> As like Adam Frazier in the rookie years. That's, no, yeah, there's something wrong with that. Yeah, the fact that it's just it's, just a, it's a cookie cutter mount to everyone who has less than three years of service time is is probably a little crazy. I still don't know if that 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 like that would help with the super two manipulation, right? But it's still not gonna do anything for these guys where they. You know, they still control them a whole other year before free agency. I, I, I don't right. know how and, you and fix that's, that. That's that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right because even though there's no rule against it, like you say, like it can be manipulated. You can you can excuse me, you can literally say anything. You, like this guy tweaked his hamstring, or you know, we want to be we want to be safe. Like he, you know, he tweaked his hamstring in spring. And now we I mean, want to be literally, extra or you could literally just say, I mean, a player who just you know was murdering the ball in double A, and he's clearly ready. 
you could just say well, we just wanted to have, we just wanted to see him adjust to AAA for a little bit. And I mean, you could make up any excuse and really. numbers, and you can use numbers to prove it. You know, only like, yeah, you know, seventy percent of the people you know doing this can hit. You know, so we want to make sure we can get, mm-hmm. see AAA pitching or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. use anything to manipulate. That's what kind of stinks, yeah. like you're saying. Like, I don't know how to fix that issue, but I think economically, as far as the structure of yeah. how teams and players operate year to year, I think that can change in that in that sense and manner. Yeah, I I just don't know how I, how, how to, I said it's it's going to be difficult, and and hopefully we can figure something out here because yeah, I mean even though Chris Bryant is a Cub, right, and we're not exactly like the best Chris Bryant fans, like Chris Bryant is basically forced now to play a whole other year of baseball, right? Before he can really go out there and make, make his, his money, right. And sign that big free agency deal. Um, and, and like, is that, is that fair to Chris Bryant? No, it's not. Um, so I, I'm, it's, it's frustrating. Um, and I think it'll be it'll be a thing that this doesn't affect a ton of players. Keep that in mind too. There's not we're not talking about a ton of players out there who this this really like. There's not too much service time manipulation going on for like depth players, the relief pitchers. You know, if you're a rookie reliever and you're the one of the best seven relievers on the team, you're on the pitching staff, right? Opening right. day. That this isn't happening with with these types of guys. It's happening with the elite talent guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it looks like there's, there's a select few, but, but, uh, yeah. Think about this. Like it's, in the Chris Bryant situation right now, like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, he's forced to play this year on the Cubs on an ARB salary, you know, or something they, they come together for, um, no long-term deal. And he's doing it after coming off literally his worst season ever. You know, I know is obviously mm-hmm. it was 60 games, but half of a war, you know, his, his way to run creative plus was 77. So, like, this year means so much for him because like, oh, he has does. to. You right. know, like, you know, I, I, if he puts up another subpar season, it's Chris Bryant done. Our team's not going to offer him a big-time contract. Like, what if he was a free agent, you know, mm-hmm. into this, this offseason? I think you can easily ignore that number. And he looked like his last full-time season. He was great. He was a five-word player in 2019. You know, right. one thirty-five way to run creative plus. Like you know, before last year, he never had less than one twenty-six. He's never less than twenty-six percent better. You know, than the average player. Um, so he had an awful twenty-twenty, and now teams can use that and say, "Well, what if he only has like a two-war season this year?" Oh, Chris Bryant's trending terribly. You know, now we're leaving him two, three years. Whereas you know, if he was a free agent this year, like, well, yeah. screw that. It's twenty-twenty. It's a weird year. You know, here's here's five years. Here's six years. $150 million, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you're yeah. right. I mean, that one year can play such a difference in these players. And again, like he's not coming in being a free agent at 29. He's now becoming a free agent at 30. Right. Yeah, I mean, you it's 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 weird when you see these top-level players. And yeah, they're, they don't become – they don't hit free agency. Like Chris Bryant's not going to hit free agency until age 30. <laughs> I mean – that's insane to think about. Um, that, that, that's just that that's mind blowing to me. And you're right. I mean, this guy was, you know, basically like a, a face, a face of baseball. Mm-hmm. He goes out and he gets, you know, helps the, the Cubs win a championship in how many years? Yeah. Finally, right? And through all this, in, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, he he he's gotten paid, but in the grand scheme of things, he hasn't gotten paid. Yeah, you know, yeah. And now he's going to go in the free agency and, and potentially be looked upon as a has-been and not see that payday. Right. Yeah, I mean, the issue that Brian's going to see here is he's going to lose he's going to lose a lot of guaranteed money, right? I mean, you mentioned, like, like had Brian hit free agency this offseason, teams would have been like, eh, last year was a weird year. Hey, right. we're going to throw you – yeah, we're going to throw you six years, $150 million. That's not an issue, right? Um, but, yeah, now it's – even if he produces this year, like he still comes back and he's 30, you know? So it's like, what, maybe you, maybe you lose that extra year. Right. Um, so, so it's, 
it's still it, it's just a situation where like players need to be able to hit free agency earlier. Right. I think that's really the issue. Like, so they, that's they, part they, of it. We, I, I do believe that. Yes. Yeah, I'm, that's that's it. And so like I've seen some people say like maybe maybe like the years, maybe service time and 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 like the arbitration years, it's tied to age, right? Maybe maybe that's a thing. Like maybe like if you're if you debut at 19, right? You you don't become a free agent until you're 27, right? And you're eight. But if you debut at age 22, you get five years. If you debut at 23, you get four years, right? So maybe that's, maybe you tie it to age. I don't know if that would maybe fix it's, it. It's, maybe it's one or the other, whichever comes first. Maybe, so potentially, maybe, so potentially but, you could yeah. have free agency at 26 if you got caught up early or something, you know? Yeah, um, like maybe maybe doing a little bit early, but I think there needs to be some sort of incentive for teams to one not not hold people back, right? Sure. Um, but then there's also got to be another incentive where all these players are not hitting free agency at a super old age. So mm-hmm. that we, we they need to figure out a way to do that because um, because yeah, teams have figured out that. You know, if you're a 29 year old three war player, you know the market's going to say this guy's worth ten to twelve million dollars, right? Why don't I just pay someone six hundred thousand dollars a year, and he could right. be a one and a half war player, right? I lose one and a half wins, but I save twelve million dollars. Yep. And, and, that's, and that's what's happening. Allocate or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So I wanted. I think we've hammered this pretty well. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll move on a little bit here. But I just want to say something before we went, just to wrap this up. So, yeah, so to date, Chris Bryant has made $44 million. Um, so, so, again, like Chris Bryant, like I'm not crying for Chris Bryant. I'm not worried about Chris Bryant. I'm not sitting here saying like, well, how's Chris Bryant going to go to bed tonight and wake up and be able to give his family breakfast tomorrow, right? Like I'm not worried in that sense. But – but again, when you compare things, like when Chris Bryant has made $44 million to his career, and then you realize that Trevor Bauer is basically going to make that this season, then it kind of makes you think, <laughs> right? That, that's right. kind of where we're getting at. Like that, Chris Bryant missed that opportunity potentially um, when he's done so much, he's provided so much for the Cubs, and he's been so great. You know, again, his career right now, 28 war as far as fan graphs go, $44 million in salary. And uh, now, right, he might not see that big payday because of the way that baseball is structured. All right. So, again, pivot from that. A um, couple guys who might see some some big-ish paydays in July, Jim. <laughs> uh, as you mentioned, the Pirates do have the number one overall pick. They have the choice of whoever they can choose. Um, it's It's been, of course, the, the meme's been going, right? It, the, the talk, the hype, you know, Kumar Rocker to the Pirates. Um, we, we've mentioned, you know, I, I've never, I've, I've joked and teased with it a few times because it is fun. But it's always been like, you know, some reservations. Like there's nothing set yet. There was no real baseball season last year. Um, let's see what happens. So the world got to see Kumar Rocker this year. He went out and pitched Vanderbilt play. It was yesterday, right? Or two days ago. Two days ago. Um, it was on Monday. Yeah. What day is today? Wednesday. I'm so... Today's I'm Wednesday. I thought yesterday was Wednesday. I'll be honest. So, yes. So, the world saw Kumar Rocker. But here's the great thing. Then they also saw Jack Leiter right afterwards. Two of the Vanderbilt pitchers pitched. Two of them pitched tremendously. Jim. Jim. What's going on here? Is it Kumar Rocker? Is it a lock? It's, I mean, as of right now, it's still Kumar Rocker. Yeah. I, I think, um, I mean, Jack Leiter definitely looked really good, right? Um, they are a very elite one two punch, and that's going to make them, that's going to make Vander, if you're a college baseball fan, it's going to make Vanderbilt very difficult to knock out in a short series. Um, but, uh, I mean, Kumar Rocker is still the guy right now. Um, Jack Leiter, you know, most lists I was seeing had Leiter ranked kind of in that four to seven range right now. Um, I could see Leiter 
jumping up, you know, if he continues to do this, um, cause he did look, he did look very good. Um, but rocker's the guy right now still, but I mean, we'll see. This is why I was kind of saying before, like there's still a whole season of college and high school baseball to be played this year. We right. don't even, we, we, we can speculate on who the number one pick's going to be, but we're not going to know. We're not going to know for a while, really, for sure. Um, so many things can happen between now and, uh, and the draft, both, both from a college standpoint and a high school standpoint. I, I think, I think we're kind of all thinking that it's going to be Kumar Rocker and he was the number one guy coming into this year, but mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, any, anything, anything could happen. So and so I guess that's where we're, we're mm-hmm. kind of heading with this. You know, um, Kumar Rocker has been, for the most part, the number one ranked player, right? I mean, mm-hmm. but I, I guess the thing is, and this goes back, I, I know you mentioned it as well. There, there really isn't like a Steve Strasburg. There isn't like that Bryce Harper here. You know, it's not as if like Kumar Rocker is up here and then everyone else is is right here, you know? Mm-hmm. That that gap is 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 short. So right now, yeah, I mean Kumar Rocker has been the number one guy and such. But you're right. Like now that there is a baseball season to be played, there could definitely be th- some things changing. And so just put it out there. So Kumar Rocker, I mean, he had that's the thing. He was the first pitcher and he pitched really good. You know, he had it was only four innings, but he pitched four innings. He allowed a hit, three walks, eight strikeouts. It's pretty nice stuff. Pretty nice stuff. He looked pretty yeah. good. So you're thinking, yes, yeah. Kumar Rocker season. He looks good. Pirates number one overall pick. Let's get him. And then Jack Leiter pitched. And Jack Leiter went five. Only one hit. No walks. Also eight strikeouts. You're like, oh, okay. Well, there's also <laughs> Jack Leiter. Um, maybe we should broaden our scope, right? Maybe it's not so much it's Kumar Rocker. Maybe it's like we should look and evaluate all these all these players because it could change. Um so, yeah. so again, you know, Kumar Rocker isn't Steve Strasburg. It's not like he's just so dominant. He's, he's the guy. But I guess what I'll say is there's some nice options out there for the Pirates right now. Like, it's not a terrible situation to be in the Pirates to have the choice. When you saw a lighter pitch yesterday or Monday, sorry. And he was hitting triple digits as well, by the way. The stuff, the stuff looked excellent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looked really good. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the Pirates might have a pretty tough choice come July. Honestly, they kind of remind me a little bit of it kind of reminds me of like that UCLA year when the Pirates were number one overall and it was like, hey, Garrett Cole is the ace. He's the he's the big guy who you could see being just a workhorse in, in major league baseball. He throws hard, he's got excellent stuff. Yep. And then you've got Trevor Bauer behind him where the numbers are insane. Um you know, you know, a little bit smaller, maybe not as durable, but also an, an elite pitching prospect. And and so Vanderbilt's kind of got that going for him this year where they, they, I don't know if you could really go wrong with either of these two guys. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, right. They were playing right state. <laughs> so um, Stop the it, stuff Jim. was there. We don't care about the that stuff now. Was there. <laughs> the stuff was there. They clearly look good, but I mean, they weren't exactly facing, other sec talent so let's wait till we get into the sec season right and and see kind of what happens there but obviously week one of the baseball season um good good first weekend for both rocker and lighter rational ass jim had to come in throughout right state in our face i get it uh so yeah i would say like the the one knock is rocker didn't finish strong. Um, and again, he only lasted four innings. Later did go five and looked awesome throughout it. But um, yeah. sure. Yeah. It was also the first game of the year. It's mm-hmm. cold. It's, yeah. I mean, but also, it's the not first really putting... it's cold and he was hitting <laughs> triple digits. So, right. Yeah. Th- there's now some hype behind Lighter, everyone. I'll put it out there. Um, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Pirates have definitely a decision to make uh, in July. It, it's, it's funny because I think there's a lot of pirate fans that are now Vanderbilt fans. Like Vanderbilt right now has a lot of pirate fans on their on their bandwagon right now. So good for you, Vanderbilt. Also, <laughs> go make your money on us. 
because they're not spending it. Good for Vandy. Good for Vandy. I I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, really. I had no idea. So, yeah, well, Louisville and Vanderbilt. If you don't know about this, we actually have an annual, not in the same conference for baseball, but we have an annual rivalry game. So every year we play each other, and the winning team, the trophy, is a barrel. Like what you would have like with whiskey, right? Yeah. Um the it's I think it's called the the something battle for the oak barrel or something like that is what it's called. But yeah. They play every year. Um and then also it always just seems that since Louisville and Vanderbilt are so close in proximity that when they're doing, you know, regionals and things like that for college baseball, Louisville and Vanderbilt always kind of seem to get mashed up. The Battle of the Barrel. Is that what it's called? Yeah, but the Oak Barrel. Yep. Battle the of oak, the Oak Barrel. Yeah. The Oak Barrel, Jim. Uh, Battle yeah. of the Oak Barrel. Uh, but but Louisville does win that game every now and then. So, I mean, we're <laughs> Louisville's pretty good. I mean, Louisville's number five, I think, in the country, and Vanderbilt's number one. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So, um, I'm excited. Uh, like you said, baseball season is upon us. College baseball season also is upon us. And a lot of eyes on Vanderbilt this year from Pirate fans. Um, so, I guess, yeah, before we go here, anything else that you want to add in or say? Uh, no. Spring training is, is in the air. Spring training tickets go on sale today. So, excited for that. Yep. 10 a.m. tickets today. Um, don't hop on until like ten oh five to make sure that I get my seats. There you go. If you're if you're planning on it, but yeah, I saw uh, the Tigers sold out no, in two no, hours. Yeah. No, did they really? Yeah. Yeah, should be exciting. I, I I mean, baseball's back. How long we've we been talking about? It? A long time. So, baseball is back and game Sunday. Here we go. It's time. Real Let's stuff go. to talk about next week. It's gonna be so exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, then, yeah. on that note, we are out of here. Um, again, tune in tomorrow night, Thursday, NS9 Live. We'll be joined by Tim Williams. That way we can talk all things prospects. And, again, like join the stream. You guys can ask Tim whatever you want. Um, I'm sure there's a question he hasn't heard about O'Neill Cruz yet. I'm sure there's one of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll yeah, see you guys next. Yeah, submit, <clears throat> submit your questions. Yeah. There you go. All right. We'll <laughs> see you guys later. Bye-bye. See you guys.